0: To the Fantasy Football Brothers podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm joined here with my younger brother Carson as we go into our first episode breaking down Week Six of the 2021 Fantasy
1: Football season. Carson, how you doing? I'm doing quite swell, Blake. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to get into this. Me too. I'm glad that we're starting this podcast. It's exciting. Um, I bet most of our viewers at this stage probably already know us, but we're hoping to grow our audience, and we're starting kind of. Weird that we're not starting week one, but it's when we could get it together, and this is the first week with buys, so we just decided to start now. Yes, no time quite like the present. Exactly.
0: So, mentioning bye weeks this week, Falcons, Saints, Jets, and 49ers, what players are fantasy managers going to be missing this week?
1: Um, I feel like for the Falcons, definitely Ridley and Patterson. Um, I, myself, with Patterson, just sold high on him, but he still has a ton of value. Um, with the Saints, honestly, really just Kamara. Um, the Jets, (laughs) nobody, (laughs) as far as someone that, people that are must-starts, and 49ers, uh, Debo, I guess, is really the only big player that's out for them in my opinion. Do you have anybody else that you would like to add? Yeah, I would say that um, we'll see. We'll
0: follow the Michael Thomas uh, recovery. He could be back starting in Week 7. Not sure yet on that. Interesting. Um, Interesting. For the Jets, we've got uh, Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder possibly uh, increasing in role moving forward. They're
1: becoming flex-worthy.
0: yeah, the Jets offense is just brutal. Zach Wilson is uh, not not
1: fun to watch at this point. Yeah, and speaking of watching, um, something that's funny about our dynamic is that Blake loves football, and I do too, but really only fantasy football, so I usually only watch Red Zone and just like analyzing th- the statistics. So uh, that's where we differ, but I think it could bring different perspectives that are interesting as well. I just wanted to hint at that um but i think it will bring a nice discussion
0: yeah and then lastly i think you know 49ers uh, george kittle has just been supremely underwhelming he's on ir currently but oh yeah uh even still these first few weeks of the of the season have been uh disappointing to say
1: the least and especially for most leagues that have tight end spots that's really gotta hurt for people that really paid a high draft pick to get them absolutely so we want right, to move well, on to into... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, so let's get into our first matchup of the week, which will be Thursday night football, where the Buccaneers travel to Philadelphia to face the Eagles.
1: Yes. Right. Let's talk about Brady, Blake. I know you're a Patriots fan, so I feel like you got plenty to say about him.
0: Yeah, most most first and foremost a Brady fan. He's uh undisputed GOAT. There's uh <laughs> There's a thing I like to say, and it's that "Ain't nobody do it better than Brady, baby." <laughs> yes, uh, and he's 44, our...
1: and I can't believe yes. that he's still doing this. He's having—I read online somewhere on social media that this was his first ever 400-plus passing yard and five-plus touchdown, uh, passing touchdown game.
0: That's correct. At the at the ripe age of 44, Tom Brady is still performing personal bests as a quarterback yeah it's you, you you love to see it
1: and i think you were getting into our touchdown scoring for our league is that what yeah, you're getting into I was gonna,
0: yes i was going to say that so in the league that we in the leagues that we play in uh we do six points for a passing td and so at least in that scoring format tom brady is qb1 going into week six <sighs> and that that warms my heart as a uh manager of tom brady
1: that is just ridiculous to hear, um, but well deserved. Well deserved. How you feeling about the wide receivers?
0: I like all of them, uh, the, the big three at least: uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Uh, I think that all of them. So, Chris Godwin out uh, out targeted uh, Evans and Brown, uh, mm-hmm. eight to eleven, and although. The other two got the touchdowns. I think that touchdowns are coming for Godwin, and I'm not worried about any of these players against the Eagles defense.
1: Yes, and I also, personally, I'm more of a reception and target guy over a, I'm not going to say the other two are touchdown dependent, because they definitely aren't, but um, just having that safe floor for Godwin, I kind of look at him as the best, because even if he, he doesn't even need a touchdown to compete with them, and if he does, he's just well well above the other two. But they're all three, uh, honestly, must-starts at this point. Agreed. Um, another player to look at in
0: that Buccaneers offense is Leonard Fournette. He seems to be the only person
1: getting carries on that offense besides Brady at the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous how Ronald Jones is just gone, and everything I heard going this season was that it was Ronald Jones number one, Leonard Fournette number two, and that's just obviously not the case.
0: Yep, they like Uncle Lenny down in Tampa Bay.
1: <laughs> Alright, how about the Eagles? Well, the
0: first thing, since we just praised the Buccaneers' offense so much, is we got to address that their defense is uh, not the most intimidating we'll say they give up a lot of points uh through the air their run defense is definitely legit but yes. through the air where ha- it happens to be the eagle's weapons are mm-hmm. uh, their pass catchers
1: that's where the buccaneers defense is lacking yes I, w- I will say i agree and i don't think for the eagle strength it's not going to be a problem but it was ridiculous, as we were following on the fantasy app uh, this past Sunday, just how often Brady was racking up stats and getting the ball back. So <laughs> the defense was getting the ball back, but they do allow, I guess, big plays at least, which isn't good.
0: Yeah, they're allowing a lot of points, and I think that's what's uh, allowing Brady to put up those numbers. Like Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. All right. So you already kind of mentioned their strengths, but more specifically, uh, Jalen Hurts, I guess you can start with.
0: Yeah, Jalen Hurts, uh, he's been consistent, whether you like how he plays or not. Um, He does a lot of work with his legs, and he's not an inefficient quarterback by any means. Um, So I think that between those two aspects of his game, I think that he's going to be
1: uh, definitely a top 10 QB this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm kind. Of, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a hater. I'm not too high on Hurts, but I mean, he just gets it done. I don't think he. I don't know what he ended up with last week, but he wasn't looking amazing as far as his stats in the beginning. But yeah, he's uh, he's honestly too good to pass up on. You probably don't have a quarterback on your roster that's better than him. Um, and then yeah, the little... just for
0: context, um yeah. he scored twenty-two point nine two. Okay um in our league but he didn't have any passing touchdowns so that shouldn't be affected yeah,
1: um, yeah that wouldn't change it then
0: nine nine rushes for 30 yards and two touchdowns that's the, that'll provide a high floor for any qv
1: yeah i mean i do feel like we're speaking broadly enough but something we probably should have clarified in the beginning um i don't think we need to talk about our roster structure but as far as scoring um i would say most leagues have switched to full ppr um but not all but we're probably talking mostly from the full PPR perspective as well as the 6 point passing touchdown perspective which is probably uh happens I feel like more leagues do 4 but just keep that in mind and I think we're still giving stats that make it valuable for both
0: Yeah 4 is the uh the normal when it comes to QB passing touchdowns but um Basically, what six-point passing TDs does is it just makes it just makes all quarterbacks more important, yeah, more relevant, uh, and the ones that use their legs even more relevant.
1: So, yes, and allows Brady to have monster numbers like that whenever he just has passing days like that too. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> moving on, how about the rest of the Eagles' offense?
0: Yeah. So. Like we just talked about with Hertz, um, he, I think he did the most with his legs on that team. I, I, you can't feel good starting any other Philadelphia running backs, and that hurts for people who took a high draft pick with Miles Sanders.
1: Agreed. Um, if Kenneth Gainwell is somehow still on your waiver wire, I would consider picking him up. I picked him up, I think, after week one. And not that he's someone I would consistently want to rely on. He's been on my bench every week, but I think he's worth rostering, especially with Miles Sanders struggling.
0: Yeah, they just don't seem to be using him uh, much at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got, like, I think he has 20 carries over the last three games.
1: So Jeez, that's... that's horrible.
0: Yeah, that might not be completely accurate, but it's definitely uh, a low number, considering that's a single-game statistic for a lot of the other starting running backs that uh, Sanders was picked near.
1: Yes, and then any pass catchers?
0: Uh... Devonte Smith. So they actually just um, they just put Dallas Goddard on the COVID list uh, this afternoon. Oh, interesting. And so uh, you, there's a possibility that Zach Ertz um, capitalizes from that if um, if Goddard is not available to play. I'm not sure the process uh, at this stage in the week what that means for him his availability. But mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, Devonta Smith, the rookie, is. Uh, worthy of a flex spot, I think, just because, you know, Hurts uh, has to throw the ball to somebody and the Buccaneers' defense allows a lot of points through the air.
1: All right, awesome. I think we're mo- ready to move on to our first Sunday matchup, which is the Dolphins versus the Jaguars. So I guess go ahead and start with uh, your analysis on the Dolphins.
0: Yes, the second London game of the season, second and final, I believe, Um Let's address the elephant in the room that Miles Gaskin. <laughs> uh, he probably broke a lot of fantasy managers' hearts this past Sunday. Definitely, with with 10 catches for 74 yards and two touchdowns. <sighs> the, the stat that uh, the stat that you should be focusing on, though, is that he only had five carries for 25 yards. Uh, from a starting running back perspective, that's not good.
1: Yeah, not good at all. And uh, Devontae Parker was out, correct?
0: That is correct. Yes.
1: And Will Fuller's been out for a while, so I would That's definitely say, I yeah, I would definitely say that <laughs> that those ten receptions is going to be an outlier for his season.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think that you have to also keep in mind that they were playing the Buccaneers, and like I said. Before they give up points through the air, and that's how the Dolphins were able to move the ball through Gaskin, and that uh, that you know dump offs and uh, running back designed plays for the pass. Yes, yes. Uh... Um. And and one more thing is is that even though he had a great game, I'm not convinced i'm probably at least if i'm managing gaskin on my team i'm probably going to give him one more week to prove himself before i put him back in my lineup
1: yeah i would agree unless you just have absolutely no depth depth at running back but i do think it'd be safe to uh, not trust him yet
0: and i think if you are rostering gaskin i think there are some running backs that are available on wa- waivers for this week that you may be uh, able to get because of you have a gascan on your team, you're probably not doing the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you probably paid high for him. Unfortunately, on draft night, at least mm-hmm. somewhat high.
0: So a couple of those players, and we'll get to them in more depth later. But um, Devonte Booker
1: yes. and
0: um, drawing a blank, Daryl Williams. That's the other yes one for yes. Kansas City. So we'll get to we'll get to those later in a bit. But um,
1: I guess move on uh, to the Jaguars. The, the, the,
0: the, yeah, the take, I was just going to say, the takeaway from the Dolphins... Okay. Um, there is a possibility that Tua returns this week, and that would help. Interesting. But I'm still not starting any Dolphins if I can avoid it.
1: Yeah. I would agree. All
0: right. On to the Jaguars. So, Carson, how do you feel about how James Robinson has been looking in the past
1: few weeks? I mean, let me... Uh... He's getting a lot of touchdowns, right? And he's—I think I see it right here. Uh, what you have written down for your notes: eighteen to five with Hyde. That is reassuring because that is not how the season started. Correct? It was Those not. Those
0: are carries. Those are carries, not offensive snaps. But yes.
1: Yes. Okay. But yeah, in the very beginning of the season, it, it almost was like 50-50 carries, or at least somewhat close to it. It was not as uh, split like it is right here. So yeah, I, I would honestly. Meyer... Sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Well, I would just I would trust him honestly. I mean, he's getting the touchdowns. 18 to 5 is reassuring. Um I feel like he's definitely flex-worthy and he's proven himself to even be your starter if you need him to be.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm confident that he's uh he's an RB2 with with RB1 upside. Yeah. Um and to go off of the matchup, the Dolphins have a very good uh defensive like Secondary, despite what you saw from Tampa Bay, uh, what they were able to do with them, but the Jaguars' offense is kind of it's it's very confusing with how they're utilizing their wide receivers uh, now that DJ Shark is out uh, yes. indefinitely. But just to go back on that, um, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to run the ball to move their offense against the Dolphins, I believe, because of that secondary. Yeah, and so I think that that is a positive aspect for uh, Robinson's stock this game. Yeah,
1: and he's coming off a 149 rushing yard game, which I didn't even realize <laughs> until I just checked. So yeah, you, you're definitely starting him. Yes. Uh,
0: another good thing is that we're seeing Trevor Lawrence uh, rushing more in the last yes. in the last three weeks. He's got six, eight, and seven carries respectively, uh, and a touchdown with his legs in back-to-back games.
1: That is awesome to see. <laughs>
0: um, and then to go back on what we were saying before, that Trevor Lawrence is spreading the ball around, and it's not, it's not as though Le- LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones are picking up the slack that Shark left behind. Nine different players registered a reception for the Jaguars offense last week.
1: Yeah, as a fantasy owner of LaVisca Chenault, um, that is not very reassuring. Uh, especially hearing going into week five, the offensive coordinator saying that Chenault's role was going to expand. And in week four, he did pick up the slack for Chark when he went down, and it just didn't transfer to this week. I honestly still have hope that he's going to get the work, but um, yeah, it was a very weird week for him. Yeah,
0: I I would say that LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones are flex-worthy, but you are nervous doing it, I think. Agreed. Against a tough Dolphin secondary. Yes. Uh, let's move on to Vikings at Panthers. Yes. I Alexander you, I Madison. Have, oh, yes. I know you have a lot to say about him.
1: Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I now have Dalvin Cook after a trade I did going into this previous week, but I drafted Alexander Madison, and both games where Cook has been ruled out, he has not disappointed. It's been like you have Dalvin Cook on your team. Um, so I have, I see that you have written down best running back handcuff in fantasy football, arguably, and I would have to agree both games, if I remember correctly, over a hundred rushing yards and he's getting a handful of receptions. Um, if you don't, I mean, I doubt he's on waivers, but like he is worth having if you have Dalvin cook. Um, However, you can make that work because he really just turns into Dalvin Cook when Dalvin Cook is out. And that's just, like, very nice to have. It's a great insurance policy for Dalvin Cook owners.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that, I mean, another great game for Justin Jefferson. He's a set-it-and-forget-it wide receiver. I mean, we can probably say wide receiver one, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's safe.
0: Yeah, he's legit. Uh, Thielen struggled this game but it was kind of a weird game all around. Like, the only player that you really felt good about having was uh, Madison just because he got so many carries, and obviously Justin Jefferson. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, Thielen had a weird game, and and Cousins had a weird game against the Lions of all all teams.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, I wouldn't panic. He is definitely the number two in the passing game. Um, Just probably an off week, Uh, and it doesn't really make much sense, but I don't think you just, like, start worrying about him and give up on him now
0: right we'll see because the panthers defense has been sneaky good this, so far this season
1: yes um
0: but how about the surprisingly bad game from darnold after such a, a hot start oh i know about that?
1: no kidding i mean i picked him up off the waivers i wasn't gonna start him because i have kyler murray but i mean in our league he was qb8 going into this week and then he put up a game like that and yeah. I I think it was just a bit of a stinker. I mean,
0: less than 200 passing yards, 1 TD on 3 interceptions. Yeah. Uh and just 10 yards on the ground. I mean, that's something that he was so uh that allowed his floor to be so high was that he yes. was rushing the ball and and getting touchdowns with his legs. Yeah.
1: So, if I remember I correctly, uh, if I remember correctly, sorry, that he had two rushing touchdowns in weeks 3 and 4. Um and I don't yes, know yeah, I feel like McCaffrey coming back could take that away from him, but then he already lost it this week, so it's a little confusing.
0: The way that the way that Darnold is getting his rushes is that he's looking down the field, mostly staring down DJ Moore, who's been very impressive so far and avoiding Robbie Anderson, who's been very underwhelming so far. But most of his rushing is coming off of like a scramble drill where you make your reads down the field, nothing's open, and then so you scramble. Yeah. And he's de- he's deceptively quick. Um, yeah. I think that – but I do think that he will bounce back against the Vikings this week, and so in a – definitely in a 12-team league, I'm comfortable starting him as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. 10-team. Still okay. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. QB8 going into week five.
1: Yeah. I mean <sighs> – I feel like, despite this week, he's still a pretty safe option if you're needing him to be your starter. I agree with that. Yeah. The first four weeks are going to be more representative of his his season than this one week, honestly. Yes, I agree with that. Um,
0: Just to reiterate, uh, McCaffrey is likely returning. He was a game-time decision this past week. Yes. Um, I do expect McCaffrey to start week six Um, but Chuba Hubbard has been serviceable in his absence and I think that if you roster McCaffrey and you have Chuba Hubbard I wouldn't drop him I agreed and if you don't roster McCaffrey but you do roster Hubbard I think that there's a potential to trade him yeah to that manager
1: I agree and I feel like
0: if you can make a deal work like that, I would definitely consider it, especially with buys coming up and you're going to have uh, players that you're worried about not being there.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the manager that has McCaffrey and not Hubbard will be interested, especially <sighs> with McCaffrey already struggling with injuries and he only played three games all of last season, and you see that. Hubbard can fill in for him, I think they'd be willing to give up, you know, maybe a flex-worthy wide receiver, potentially, depending on what you add, so I definitely think that would be worthwhile.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's move on to Chargers at Ravens.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, Funnily enough, you had Tom Brady this week, and you uh, faced another quarterback that did quite well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: Justin Herbert
0: is legit. He's got in this past game just under 400 passing yards, 4 TDs and one with his legs. Yeah, what a game. Uh, uh, yeah, it it was uh it was stressful to say the <laughs> least to watch him just rack up points on points on points. Uh and we had we had a performance from another player which we'll get to in this matchup, but yes. let's focus on the Chargers for right now. Is it possible, Carson, that we're witnessing Mike Williams surpass Keenan Allen as the the wide receiver that you absolute want in in this Chargers passing offense?
1: I mean, I think so. I mean, it's just hard to it's hard to ignore. I mean, obviously, Allen has uh, so much value historically on this offense, and Mike Williams doesn't but now he really is breaking out and not that i think allen is doing poorly but i yeah i do think williams is passing him allen still definitely honestly definitely still a must start but williams is even more of a must start i agree yeah eight
0: catches for 165 yards and two touchdowns on 16 targets i love I 16
1: mean, targets <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's getting looks, he, and he's delivering on those looks more often than not.
1: Yeah, and nine targets for Allen is still great, too. It's just like, you know, Williams getting seven more targets and two touchdowns, and Allen getting nothing definitely makes the uh, disparity between them two even larger than it is. But I still, you can't pass up Williams with getting more touchdowns and more targets. He's definitely, yeah, I agree, he is surpassing him. Yeah okay, so Austin
0: Eckler gets it done with three total TDs. I mean, uh, the Ravens. Uh, I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank. So last night um, we saw what. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, ta- Jonathan Taylor. Yes. What uh, Jonathan Taylor was able to do against them. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree that Eckler is a better running back than Jonathan Taylor. Definitely. And that's not always how these things go, but I think that's analysis on its own that, I mean, Eckler is just a set it and forget it. You don't need to worry about yeah. what he's going to do against the Ravens defense. I think that there's uh, no concerns there.
1: Yeah, he's an RB1, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I don't think there's really much else to say. You're definitely starting him, and he keeps on proving why um, he's so safe to start.
0: Yeah, So and then for the leagues that use uh, tight ends... Uh Jared Cook had a very quiet game. I know that he's been kind of bordering on a top ten uh tight end this year. I think that I think he bounces back against the Ravens. Uh he only had one catch for twenty nine yards, but I, I think this, this matchup is uh better for him.
1: Yeah, only one catch for Jared Cook is definitely not gonna be normal. And it's very strange for the game that Herbert had, but um I don't know. I feel like if he's <laughs> more contained, He's not going to just be able to have any option, and then Cook might be more a little bit more reliable.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so to reference the other superhuman quarterback performance <laughs> of the week, Lamar Jackson. Yes. He, 442 yards, four TDs. Uh, games like this silence the doubters and justify exactly why he won uh, an MVP.
1: Yeah. I was a... I was... Again, I don't want to say hater, but his his rookie season, I was not buying it. I obviously bought it the next season when he won the MVP. But this is proving that everybody that thought, you know, he can't pass, he's proving everyone wrong. I think this is his first game with 400-plus passing yards, I think I read. Um, Yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah. So, and then he's, you know, as you're going on to say next, he led the team in carries. So... That's just ridiculous. That's a ridiculous floor for Jackson.
0: Yes. Um and the other side of that is that you really can't you can't start any Ravens, Ravens running back not named Lamar Jackson.
1: <laughs> I completely agree. He is he is their quarterback, he is their best running back and yeah. Yeah. I don't feel confident with anyone else in the running game.
0: Yeah, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown are the pass catchers that you feel comfortable starting, and if you started them last week, as you probably
1: should have, yeah. th- they paid off tremendously. Yes, you were you were definitely rewarded. <laughs> All right, are we ready for the next game? Rams-Giants?
0: Yep. Uh, uh, Carson, I know you'll, yep. you'll, you'll want to start yep. with this? Go ahead.
1: I can start. I drafted Robert Woods with, I believe, my third round pick third or fourth round pick and i stuck with him every single week except this one and he proved to me that he can never be benched because he is at the end of the day robert woods with 12 receptions for 150 yards he didn't even need a touchdown to get 27 points and that is really like i've said before what i love to have in my wide receivers um so yeah is your phone vibrating
0: <laughs> uh, oh, I was getting a phone call. Yeah.
1: Oh. Um. But yeah, Robert Woods. Cooper Cup didn't have a. I mean, he didn't have a bad game. I believe sixteen points, and you know, not a Cooper Cup that he has been week one through four. But they're definitely still both, I guess, must starts at this point. Like, I think Robert Woods has proven himself, even though he, you know, had very mediocre target totals for. What he for his standard, um, twelve receptions. You can't just like doubt that the very next week.
0: Yeah, I will say that the Seahawks do give up a lot, a lot of points through the air, um, and the Giants are a little bit more stingy in their secondary. But I think that you know unless unless Robert Woods plummets back to his you know weeks one through four performances. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna feel good about starting him moving forward. I think that this was the game that he needed to uh get into a rhythm and possibly set the tone for the remainder of the season, although you can't you know you can't expect twenty seven points every week from him,
1: yeah, agreed, but I think uh if anything, this might have woken up uh matt Matthew Stafford to show that he has two like must start fantasy wide receivers <laughs> yeah, not two just very Cooper Cup. pass catchers yes, yep, definitely
0: agreed. Uh, let's move on to Daryl Henderson, who had 17 carries to Sony Michelle's 11. Uh, each player getting a touchdown in this game. Uh, I'm a little concerned with Michelle getting work in the red zone, uh, but Henderson is still coming off of an injury, a rib injury, and he has been more efficient with his touches for sure. He's still the their main guy, but it concerns me to see their uh, wor- their workload being uh, trending more towards a similar.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I know you know much more about this because you have both of them in our main league. But yeah, that is a little concerning. All right,
0: and so then... let's move on to the got Giants. Unless you get something else.
1: I was just saying, like, and I think we already said it, there's not much more to say about Cup and Stafford, but Cup is still obviously a must-start. And Stafford, um, I mean, unless you just you got lucky... With having him as a late second quarterback for yourself, I feel like he's a pretty safe starter if you need him.
0: Yeah, certainly the Giants' defense is not uh, too intimidating against opposing QBs. Um, Someone that the Giants, well, kind of the Giants' team is just uh, an injured mess right now. Uh, The past two weeks, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton have been Absent, and I think that there is a potential for them to return this week. But fantasy managers who roster Saquon Barkley will likely be missing him this week, uh, if not weeks in advance, um, with a sprained ankle.
1: Yeah, that's not good. And like you said before, uh, that opens the door for Devontae Booker as a very strong waiver acquisition.
0: Yeah, I, I think that given the volume that he's uh, in position to handle, he's going to be a top twenty running back. Um, Agreed. And depending on your running back depth, yeah, it's a great flex. Um, yeah. But he's just—he's very reliable in the passing game, and he's certainly a competent runner. So definitely a top wa- waiver acquisition for this week.
1: Yes. And I I see that you have something written down about Daniel Jones. What is he dealing with a concussion? Is that what I remember correctly?
0: Um, I believe that's correct. Yeah. You put me on the spot.
1: I think that is it. I think I remember reading that either way, like you said on the notes status is up in the air and I do completely agree. If he's not starting, you are less enthused with this offense.
0: Yes, concussion protocol. Um, but yeah, Mike Glennon getting the start uh, makes you a little bit nervous about which pass catchers they do have. Um, I think, you know, and we were just looking at this before the show, but Kadarius Tony was a nobody going yes. into week four, uh, where he got a pretty good stat line. <laughs> um, something like, six catches 79 yards I want to say um but he oh, just blew up yes this yes past yes week
1: yes yeah to what was it like 10 catches for 186 this in week five
0: yeah 10 catches on 13 targets for 189 yards
1: yeah that that is ridiculous
0: it is I my my concern is because we've mentioned that Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton have been absent the past two weeks, and these are the weeks that Kadarius Tony has uh, come to prominence in this offense, I'll be interested to see if he's able to maintain anything close to these performances when they're back.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And going back to just the Robert Woods discussion, there's a reason I'm confident after seeing that stat line is because that is not his first game with a stat line like that. With Kadarius Tony, though... There's a lot of question marks in this offense, so I don't have as much assurance as I do with Robert Woods, but I mean, it's still hard to pass up, especially if you don't have like tremendous wide receiver depth and like a person that you can easily plug in at your flex. But it is, it is, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how this next week goes, and it could be very telling for his value in the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, at the moment, Kadarius Tony is uh, available in over 80% of leagues. I think that number jumps up considerably yeah. come Wednesday yes. when waivers run And it'll just be, uh, it depends. It, I think it really depends on who's available. Kenny Galladay is expected to miss this week with a knee injury, and that opens, that you know, that leaves a crack in the doorway for Kadarius Tony to, to find himself a role here.
1: Yeah. He's definitely worth, if you need another wide receiver on your roster, he's definitely worth going after on the waivers, but I don't know if I really buy this past week, but I still think he's worth rostering.
0: Yeah, certainly a lot of things have broken his way in the past two weeks. We'll see if he can maintain it when everyone's healthy. Yes. All right, let's move on to Texans
1: at Colts. Oh, this is such a weird game. When we were watching this on Sunday... I I was saying that Texans have the most players on their roster that you've never heard of. (laughs) And yet they had productive days.
0: Yeah, I would say that um, there are a lot of players there that have been on different teams. They've been a part of different teams, but never a prominent role on those other teams. Correct. Um, So there is a possibility that... uh, Terod Taylor comes back this week, but it's still looking like he's going to be um, unavailable, and Davis Mills will get another start. Um, and he looked good against the Patriots: 312 passing yards, three TDs. Um, but you can't, you can't really necessarily count on Brandon Cooks like I thought you could in the first yeah. few weeks. There were uh, several players on the team that got. That out-catched uh, Brandon Cooks this weekend. That goes to what you were saying about the players that you don't necessarily think of when you yes. think of uh, NFL wide receivers.
1: Yes, both of the Chris's, Chris Conley, and I don't even remember the... Moore was the name of it? Chris Moore. Maybe the two other wide receivers that had great days that I was, that were completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's usually all of Brandon Cooks's value because this this off like this team. Is really not great and you, so you expect cooks to have a very high floor because there's no competition so it is uh, yeah kind of scary share, to see two players just share. go off like that yeah Brandon Cook's
0: target share has been insane the first few weeks of the season um, I think that he is definitely still flex-worthy I wouldn't panic on him just yet if he cannot deliver against the Colts, um, that might be something to consider because that would make three games, uh, three consecutive games where he's struggled. Agreed. So on to the Colts, a really a devastating uh, turn of events in that game where it looked clear going into the third and fourth quarter that the Colts were going to hang on and upset the Ravens.
1: Yeah, it's a tough loss for them, for sure.
0: The positives from the Colts' offense, Carson Wentz is looking a lot better than he has uh, lately. Just over 400 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and Michael Pitton Jr. is the pass catcher you want in this offense with a stat line of 6, 89, and 1 on seven targets.
1: Yes, yeah, I can talk you, about you him more a bit. Say,
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so, um, I drafted Pittman as a breakout candidate, and I feel like he is fulfilling that just purely based off targets, and he's very consistent with the amount of targets he gets, and then he pretty much is just a touchdown away from having a big game, and that's what he had last night uh, in Monday Night Football. So I definitely think you, you're comfortable starting him at flex, um, if if you're needing to and yeah i mean i found his youtube channel before last season even started so i got a little bit of uh (laughs) happiness with seeing him do so well
0: yeah something you like to see yes that offense uh another thing you like to see is jonathan taylor with three catches nothing exciting yet (laughs) <laughs> but for 116 yards and a touchdown
1: that is ridiculous was it like one play that got him the touchdown that was almost yes, all the he yards had,
0: he had i believe it was a 76 yard reception yeah um and it wasn't even a downfield target really it was like a it was like a checkdown almost wow and he just turned on the jets and everyone was behind him yeah and then he was able to get in the end zone again on the ground 15 carries, 53 yards. Uh, the thing that, you know, is reassuring is that there's really no other running backs uh, kind of interfering with him in terms of how many touches he's getting. Marlon Mack is there, but he only had five carries. Um, yeah,
1: that doesn't scare you too it's much. Still, it's, still, it's still Jonathan Taylor's job um, yeah. for that, that rush offense. Yeah, and it's good to see him uh, finally have a amazing day for a end of the first round or start of the second round draft pick
0: yeah absolutely
1: all right moving on to the chiefs versus the football team
0: yes the struggling chiefs face the struggling
1: washington football team
0: um i think we can we can start right off the bat and say that i think the chiefs win this game pretty handily
1: yes agreed
0: that being said, uh, Tyreek Hill had a minor knee injury, but he's still likely to play. Um, however, CEH Clyde Edwards-Elair will miss multiple weeks of a sprained MCL, uh, which we alluded to before with Daryl Williams being the next man up. Yes. And I think that his value is... So he has history with the team. They have used him in the past. I think, I think Carson had a playoff run with him that... Uh, crushed my dreams of winning oh, the championship.
1: I think that one was Damian.
0: Was it Damian Williams? I think
1: it was Damian. And I'm glad they're on different teams now because having yes, two backup D. Williams be... <laughs> yes. could be very could be very sad for fantasy managers that are going on the waivers <laughs> to find the backup.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the case. But either way, uh, he is the next man up. And my only question mark is, considering how... Kansas City runs their offense at the goal line and in the red zone. They like to do a lot, like we saw last night, or uh, Sunday night rather. No, Monday night. No, Sunday night. Yes, okay. Sunday night. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was confused. But um, we saw that Kelsey got a kind of just like a shovel pass from the one-yard line for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if... Daryl Williams with him being kind of a bigger back than Clyde if he gets more carries between the tackles uh, on those goal line opportunities, but um, still a worthwhile add on the waivers this week as he will be getting the majority of the running back touches for multiple weeks.
1: Yeah, he's definitely near the top of the waiver wire. I don't know if I'm comfortable starting him this very next week, but... I mean, if you're in a dire situation with running backs, he might not be a horrible option as far as his oh, floor should I be.
0: Think, I think the opposite. I think that with it being Washington, one of the worst defenses in the league, you fire him up right away, I think he'll be a top 20 play.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's that's strong. And, yeah, but I agree. I'm definitely am not disputing the fact that he should be added. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I do see what you're saying, too.
0: Uh, let's move on I, just a quick note on Josh Gordon from a personal standpoint I'm rooting for him I think you know he's he's had a lot of opportunities in the league he's played for multiple teams he was with the Browns he was with the Seahawks he was with the Patriots uh, and now the Chiefs he's had so many opportunities and a lot, of, a lot of the time he has squandered them but I don't know something something in me makes me feel like This is the time that he puts it back together and does not get suspended, does not throw his opportunities away. Um, But with that being said, as a fantasy player, uh, not someone you can trust just yet.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And I see right here you have that he was one of ten players to register a catch, and that definitely does not make you feel safe with him in this next week. But... Uh, what what is his? Do you know his uh, rostered percentage? Um, I do not. I can
0: look that up as we talk. But I was thinking, um, when I, I made these notes, I when I made these notes, I forgot to mention that he was only on the field for I believe eight snaps, eight offensive okay. snaps. Yeah. So he I... had very limited usage, and I think that has to do with him still learning the playbook and getting. Uh, familiar with that offense
1: yeah so he's i'm in not shape yeah neither of us are 100 percent sure on what his roster percentage is but I'm i would right now just i would definitely up. think he's worth a roster spot because i don't think too many people are going to be going after him because a lot of new fantasy managers probably have no idea his potential and those that do know what he can do he's worth a spot on your roster if you can fit him in
0: yeah, he's uh, he's available in over sixty five percent of leagues currently. Yeah, um, and yes, he does have big he does have big potential. Um, we just haven't seen it seen it in a while, and that's because he's been on and off the field inconsistently because of off the field issues.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and then quickly, you know, Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. He had two fluke interceptions this past week, but otherwise, you know you know what to expect from Patrick Mahomes, and I think that, like I said before, the struggling Washington defense, I think he has no issue uh, putting up points against them. Agreed. All right, so let's go on to the other side of this matchup, which is the Washington football team. Uh,
1: what do you think about Antonio Gibson and how he's been playing? Uh, I mean see i see 20 rushes for 60 yards which is not horrible and it's great to see 20 rushing attempts but two touchdowns definitely saves his day i think two catches is a little underwhelming and i don't know exactly how he's been doing previously two catches catches
0: is pretty good for gibson he's he's yeah that's what i was those those third down opportunities to mckissick or other players
1: yeah i'm sure Um, that's good for him but i think that does limit his value um just not getting a lot of receptions, but getting two rushing touchdowns is definitely uh reassuring. And yeah, he's he's another one of the, you know, Jonathan Taylor tier valued players going into drafts that hasn't been great, but had a good week this week.
0: Yes, and for context, uh besides week 1 where he had five targets, weeks 2 through 5, two targets each game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you need to see those rushing touchdowns and you know, those rushing attempts being high to show that he, his value as, like, I mean, at least an RB2, like, he's gotta be. Yeah,
0: he's, he's touchdown dependent with that limited passing usage.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Um, I'm not worried about Terry McLaurin in this matchup. The, the Chiefs are giving up points every chance they get. There's a reason that they are, uh, two and three at the moment. Yes. And, uh, I think a sneaky pickup might be ricky seals jones he had five catches for 41 yards on eight targets including a couple in the end zone and i think that and that was with his first start with the team so i think that considering their chiefs uh the chiefs defensive woes and how washington is utilizing their tight end spot i think that he is worth looking for on your waivers.
1: and what's the outlook of logan thomas um do you have any idea
0: I believe he's on IR. Okay, um,
1: then yeah, so I would definitely agree that Seals Jones in leagues some, that have tight he will ends
0: will have some utility for the next couple weeks. I believe he was placed on injured reserve uh, last Wednesday, so yeah. he missed one game. So he will miss it. He will miss at least two more.
1: Yeah, and then I'll go on a, probably a small rant later on about uh, why our league no longer requires you to start a tight end, but. A tight end getting eight targets, like you gotta roster him, and I definitely think that is a sneaky pick, even if it only is for two games. If you're if you're in need, he's a very valuable player, I think, and he could you know put his foot in the door and get a bigger role in this offense.
0: Yeah, and a good matchup. So let's. Uh... Let's move on from that, and let's go Packers against the Bears.
1: All right, this is kind of transitioning host to some degree because up until this point, it's mainly been Blake's notes, and now it's my notes. So uh, I guess I'll take over and start with an easy decision with Devontae Adams, and he's definitely a must-start with over half of Aaron Rodgers' passing yards going to him and over a third of his passing completions going to him, he is proving why, in my eyes, he's the best wide receiver, as far as fantasy is concerned, in the league, and at the very least, I mean, he's, he's just a must-start, and I think that's all you can really say about him. And with Aaron yes. Jones, yeah, go on, what, what what do you think about it?
0: I was just going to say that uh, games like this for Devontae Adams are why people pick him as their first selection in the uh, fantasy drafts.
1: Yeah, and I'm not super confident doing that, just because I like to get, you know, <laughs> some sort of uh, upper-tier running back, but he proves why that is not a bad strategy. Um, and then Aaron Jones. So I do think that his high position ranking, which is probably a little bit lower after this week, because, um, I mean, he, he didn't have a bad game, but he really i mean he had a decent game yeah
0: still managed 100 yards on the ground
1: yeah which is very reassuring you love to see that especially for someone that gets you know five targets and then also 100 rushing yards i will say watching that game and seeing like aj dylan out there for eight carries is a little concerning but i don't think that's anything you actually need to worry about he's still a must start with his consistent workload both on the ground and through the air and um yeah, I don't think there's any reason to shy away. It's weird that he got four receptions for only six yards, but in a PPR league, honestly, you'll take it, especially especially on top of a 100-yard rushing game. And with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I he had a good game. Um, I mean, not a ton of passing touchdowns, but a lot of passing yards. And if you have another consistent quarterback... I'd recommend starting him over Rodgers, but if you don't, I still think he has a fine floor, especially in six-point TD passing leagues, as uh, we are in. And, yeah, I mean, he's definitely recovered from his week one outing against the Saints, but he's not looking like he did last season, in my opinion, not anywhere close. And then, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I was just going to say that I think –
0: The matchup doesn't necessarily scare you. I think that the Packers won't have uh, a particularly difficult time putting up points against the Bears. Um, Uh, That Bears offense is a bit of a uh, concern, we'll say. Yes, yes. Um,
1: So he should have the ball plenty and have plenty of opportunities to throw the ball. Yeah, agreed. And then I say you got to bench Robert Tunyon. I didn't buy it last year, but he was still... Kind of, he had to be on your roster in leagues that had a tight end with just all the touchdowns he got. But five weeks in the season, only nine receptions and only one touchdown. It's like, that's, he didn't get much receptions last year, but he was getting touchdowns, and now he's not getting those. So I definitely think he's a bench, especially in leagues that don't even require uh, a starting tight end.
0: Yeah, the reality with that is there are really about five tight ends that you feel good starting. And uh, Robert Tunyon is not in that five, so correct. look look for other options if you roster Tunyon.
1: Yeah, maybe Seals Jones. I would definitely start him over at least in the next two weeks. I feel like that's a safe choice, personally. Um, a sneaky grab by Bla- <laughs> recommended by Blake. So let's move on to the Bears. Um, I say you start Damian Williams just because of his floor, and something I didn't even realize until I was like doing the research for these notes, that Herbert I think Khalil Herbert actually had more carries than Damien Williams, but Damien Williams uh, also had the receptions and a rushing touchdown. If I remember correctly, I can pull that up real quick. But he's yes, for the people great. that invested in him last week. I feel like he's definitely a very strong flex play, and he's a fine like top twenty running back as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Herbert does. They just ran the ball. A ridiculous amount of times, and that's probably mainly due to Justin Fields like not throwing the ball that much. So um, I think Herbert might be worth a roster spot, uh, but Williams is still a very safe option with Montgomery being out. Um, and then I hate to say this, because I hate to say bench Allen Robinson, because he <laughs> he is so consistently underrated every single year in drafts. He's almost always a top 15 top 10 wide receiver and nobody talks about him but now he's having a very mediocre start of the season and I mean I think it's got to. he wasn't doing great with Andy Dalton not like he's a great quarterback but with Justin Fields like I think this is the first game he's had even 20 passing attempts and I just don't think you can feel comfortable with Robinson who's usually like a target monster I don't think you feel comfortable with him or any pass catcher like I said with Mooney he had a good week last week but I think it was kind of fluky just just like big plays so I wouldn't be confident starting either one of them do you feel similarly
0: yeah the reality is that Justin Fields is a rookie and he has not uh, he's not earned the starting job it's because of injury and so I think with that being said it's difficult to to roll out these uh, Bears pass catchers with any sense of confidence uh, considering how they've performed
1: up until this point. Agreed. And then we can move on to the next matchup, which will be the Bengals versus the Lions. And we'll start with Mixon. Um, so you definitely have to start Mixon. He was a game-time decision, so he didn't get uh, the usual workload he gets. But he had a rushing touchdown that salvaged his day. And he doesn't get much receiving work, but he is, I mean, assuming that he's you know back to 100% health by... Next Sunday, he he's just too he's too good to pass up on with how many rushing attempts he gets. He's like I mean, similar to Nick Chubb in that way, except he's not getting you know Hunt stealing some rushing touchdowns. So I definitely think he's a starting uh, must start running back. And yeah, I don't think I think uh, Samaj P Ryan has value for fantasy managers that have Mix in, but I mean. He's not gonna like hold on to any role on this offense. He still split. Yeah. He still split carries with a game time decision. Mixon.
0: Piran is a good is a valuable handcuff. Um, but I do agree that once Mixon is back in full force, that uh, he won't have any starting ability.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then we can move on to. I mean, going on into drafts this season, it was kind of hard to tell between the three. Uh, Bengals wide receivers I feel like most people thought Boyd was the third and he's proving to be that uh, at this point in the season but chase and Higgins seem close but chase seems to be the number one guy he's only had one game this season without a touchdown and he isn't even touchdown dependent because of the amount of targets he gets so he's getting like the best of both words both worlds and he's definitely a must start and with Higgins it's his first game back after missing weeks three and four but again He gets a ton of targets, too, and that keeps his floor high. I would say that he's probably a flex. I mean, you feel good against the Lions, but he's still coming back from an injury, and he didn't have, like, a phenomenal game uh, against the Packers, but it was not a bad one. So I would say flex is good for him, and then maybe he could get back up to being a uh, somewhat reliable starter. And then with Boyd, I know Blake has them and tried to sell high, (laughs) and this is why... There just really isn't enough room for Boyd in this offense with Chase and Higgins. I mean, he had nine targets, which is awesome to see. Er, no, 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 sorry. He had five targets, which is not awesome to see. And caught four of them, but not for many yards. And I just don't think there's room for him in this offense anymore. Yeah, I believe he's been
0: held under 40 receiving yards in three, three of the five games. Yeah, I'm pretty
1: sure his value I think he like he rose up to being valuable for fantasy I think about 2 seasons ago and it was mainly due to receptions. And now in an offense where Chase and Higgins are above him, he's not getting that. So I think that hurts a lot of his value.
0: Yeah, I think depending on how waivers process this week, I may be forced to still start him in my flex, but Yes. Um we'll see. I I I agree with you. I'm not feeling very confident in his uh, abilities as a uh, reliable fantasy asset.
1: Yes, and just to clarify, I mean, our league, You, there's four flexes, but I'm not going to get into all that. So I feel like for that roster structure, he's still safe, but in a structure where you only have one flex, so at most three wide receivers, I feel like he got to have better options at this point, at least I would hope, <laughs> to feel confident with at least and then burrow I didn't even know what happened I just got a notification that he had a throat contusion and was going to the hospital do you know anything more about that I know that he should be fine for next week but that just seemed very strange
0: yeah I don't have a lot of details on that but I do know that he is um, he is okay he's been released from the hospital and uh, he should be in no uh, risk of missing this week
1: yeah and despite having three very fancy relevant wide receivers He's only had one game over 300 passing yards, so I wouldn't feel confident starting Burrow. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, I think we can move on to the Lions, and this is where I'll do my little rant. Hawkinson is why my leagues, our leagues, don't require a tight end in your starting lineup. We can just play him at flex if we want to, because he is a consensus top five tight end. With only eight receptions in the past three weeks. Now I know I've heard that he's played through injury, and he had a strong first two weeks of the season, but I mean, if you if you have him, I know you don't have a better tight end on your roster. It'd just be very unlikely. So he's still a must-start at tight end, but I wouldn't feel confident like playing him at a flex in our league, for example. Um, yeah,
0: considering where he was drafted, uh, T.J. Hawkinson had a Travis Kelsey-like start to the season. Yes. Um, and, yeah, and like you said, with injury, he's quickly plummeted to kind of that tight end no-man's land where you don't feel great about his performances, and that, that just that lends itself to not requiring teams to start a tight end.
1: Yeah, in this past week, there were three players with more targets than him, and that's just not what you want, and that's not what you bought Hawkinson for in, during draft day. Um. Next is DeAndre Swift, and uh, like I have written out here, I don't know if I'll ever buy Swift's production to want to draft him, but if you have him, his production as a pass catcher makes him too good to not be one of your starting running backs, unless you just have like ridiculous running back depth. So like I don't feel super confident starting him with only 11 carries, and I'll talk about Jamal Williams in a second, but six receptions on top of that I think gives him a really strong floor. So I think he still has to be one of your two running backs um, because I feel like with where you drafted him, you don't have better options.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, uh, Last year when Swift was a rookie, I was skeptical of his value um, in fantasy football, but I think that he is developing into a better player, someone that you can rely on more consistently. Um, it just not it just might not be the way that you necessarily expect from a running back, um, and I also think that given this matchup with the Bengals, we saw how James Robinson performed uh, against them in in Week Four, I believe. Yes. Um, and so, from that perspective, that Bengals pa- or rush defense doesn't concern you, and like we've said before, Swift has utility in the passing game, and that's always good for PPR.
1: Yeah. And then, real quick, of Jamal Williams, I do not feel confident starting him. Um, I mean, he's actually getting more rushes than Jamal Williams or than DeAndre Swift, but he's not being super consistent and efficient with them, and he's getting like no work in the passing game. So I feel like, I mean, I feel like he's probably rostered in most leagues. But if you have Swift, he's a valuable handcuff because they are the only two players getting carries in that offense. And if Swift was to go down, Williams would probably be close to 20 carries a game and probably be forced to get some receptions too but as far as like this upcoming week i don't feel confident with them um so i guess we can move on to the next game which is the undefeated cardinals against the (laughs) cleveland browns who have had very unfortunate losses i think this will be a very interesting game um i feel like what are the browns what is their record do you know off the top of your head they three and two, um,
0: two and three. I believe they have a. I believe they have a winning record. I think they're three okay. And two. Okay. Um, I'll look that up while you're talking about yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah, so we'll start with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's a must start. I mean, with where you drafted him, he he's had some. He's had two off games by his standards, but he's back to leading the team in targets. Which at one point, I remember you telling me Blake that. Um, I think after the first three weeks or first four weeks, Rondell Moore, which I'll talk about later, had the most targets in the offense, which is a little concerning for Hopkins, but he had a game where he was leading targets and was on the receiving end of Murray's only passing touchdown, so he's still a must-start. And speaking of Murray, um, unless you have something to say about Hopkins, I know you have yeah, Hopkins.
0: Just, quickly, quickly, I was going to address, I mean, if you watched that uh, game between the Cardinals and the 49ers, it was low scoring, it was a very yes. defensive battle and so yes. that's not indicative of Kyler Murray, that's not indicative of the Cardinals offense they're undefeated because of their explosive offense and honestly, they have a good defense although, uh, news as of today, Chandler Jones, their pass rusher um, was placed on the COVID list earlier today
1: oh, that, that's too so bad they may,
0: be with, they may be without him as he tested positive for COVID-19 um,
1: Likely will miss
0: this week. Um, That being said, you're not concerned about Hopkins against the Browns, I would say. I mean, considering what Justin Herbert and the the Chargers were able to do against them.
1: Yeah, and I think Hopkins has proven, like, I mean, not that he's really needed to prove his value, but in such a low-scoring, weird game, uh, I mean, he's still produced and I think that's reassuring and speaking of that and Blake kind of hinted at this too like Kyler Murray didn't have a great day um but he started the season on fire and he's still clearly a must start um yeah and I just feel like this is a low scoring game and it shouldn't scare fantasy managers away he's still a must start and I feel like that's all I really need to say about that yeah agreed um with Chase Edmonds (laughs) very weird um
0: he had a streak between weeks 1 and 4. Oh, where he was the only running back to finish inside the top 25 each week.
1: In every single week. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. That shows that he is definitely startable and even though he had an off week against this low scoring uh low scoring matchup, he was recovering from a lingering hamstring injury and he's proven to be a safe floor because of his receiving work like he's getting you know four targets he only had six carries but again this was a weird game for him low scoring and returning from injury but he's proven that um, he has enough versatility to be valuable and then with Connor I don't feel great about him because he's been very inefficient on the ground he had 10 carries mainly due to probably Edmonds coming back from an injury but only rushed for 29 yards and but one of them was a touchdown which kind of saved his day and he's only getting one reception and so he's getting the rushing touchdowns but he's not getting anything else so I wouldn't be confident starting him but uh, if you need to he's getting the work at the goal line and uh, i just i mean i don't like i don't like him honestly but it's hard to just like disregard all the touchdowns he's getting
0: yeah, in this offense, James Conner is a touchdown-dependent flex. Uh, you don't feel good. You don't feel good about his usage, but he is managing to get, find him find his way into the end zone at a fairly consistent rate.
1: Yeah, and then Green, Moore, and Kirk. I mean, I feel the worst about Green out of those three, but they could be flex worthy. Green did not have a good game, but Moore and Kirk still had uh, six and five targets, respectively. So, if you're needing to put them there, I feel like they have a decently safe floor, and there should be games where uh, Kyler Murray gets more passing touchdowns and passing yards, and that would increase their value even more. Here, here's how I feel about the Cardinals pass catchers. Uh, DeAndre
0: Hopkins is the only one that you're going to start week in and week out yes. and not worry about it. Whenever you have A.J. Green, Rondale Moore, or Christian Kirk in your lineup, you have to do it week in and week out and just not care about the outcome because there will be weeks where those players will blow up like aj green did the past two there will be games where Rondell Moore blows up there will be games where christian kirk blows up but the there is no there is no sensible way to determine whose week it'll be week by week
1: yeah and i agree with that you kind of just have to like Eat the bad weeks and then reap the benefits of the good weeks with the way, uh, with the cons- lack of consistency that each of them have, honestly.
0: Yeah, you just got to click submit on your lineup and <sighs> hope that, that's, that, that, that that week is the week they cash it.
1: Agreed. All right, moving on to the Browns. Uh, Chubb proves his value and why he is drafted as an RB1, and he's just a must start. I mean, you don't like to see. The lack of receiving work, all thanks to Hunt, and I'll talk to him in a, talk about him in a second. But it's a, it's a st- second straight game with 100-plus rushing yards, and I think his third uh, straight game with 90-plus rushing yards, he was just shy of 100 in week uh, three, if I'm remembering correctly. And, yeah, he's rushed for at least 80 yards in every single game of the season, and that's just, like, too hard to pass up on. Even though he's not getting the receiving work, which limits his ceiling, his floor is still pretty high because... He's just a touchdown away from being the mid-teens, and yeah, so I don't I don't buy that Hunt is giving all these rushing touchdowns, but I can go ahead and talk about him. I know you'll have some to say after I'm done, because you have Hunt, but he's had a very strong start to the season. Like, I think you said, running back six in rankings uh, going into this week, and he's had five rushing touchdowns, which I don't think he'll continue, but he did it again last week. And, but he's also just getting, like the the amount of targets as like flex worthy wide receivers while also having ten plus rushing attempts in every game since week one. So, do you have anything to add on the Hunt's value?
0: Um. Well, I would say this. So the Browns are three and two after last week's loss. Yes. Um, but their whole offense with Jarvis Landry still on IR. And Odell Beckham Jr.'s underwhelming uh, performances through the season, uh, pretty much since he got traded to the Browns, um, or was he signed? I, I can't remember. I think he was traded, though. Yeah. Um, either way, he's been—he just hasn't been the same player as he as he was in New York. Yes. Um, but that being said, the Browns are their whole offensive scheme is. Run, run, run the ball. And whenever they are behind, when they're down, third down situations, Cream Hunt comes in, and he picks up plays. And he, he's a playmaker. He yeah. He was great at Kansas City. It's unfortunate, the circumstances that prevented him from staying there. Yes. But he is a proven asset in this offense. I think that he is a legit... RB2 for rest of the season. Yeah. And just the way that the Browns play football, they they run the ball and they find themselves behind in games. And when they do that, and when, when that's the scenario, Kareem Hunt is going to be there and he's going to be involved in the passing game because there aren't too many receivers that you can count on for the Browns right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was just thinking about this, looking at his stat line. I mean, I feel like he's similar to Cordell Patterson but you trust him even more like i still don't think he's gonna finish rb6 but you trust him way more than patterson even though patterson still has value and we'll probably talk about him more in future weeks when he's not on buy but i mean kareem hunt has proven himself way more than patterson so um but they're similar players and the way that fantasy works and the way they're played shows why they do have value and as blake said with Odell Beckham jr he's definitely a bench in my eyes back-to- back games with a mere two receptions I don't think you can start him until he proves himself and that's really all I have to say about that um, moving yeah, on to let's th- move on yeah Cowboys and the Patriots Blake's favorite team oh this makes me so happy to see Zeke be freed basically he was my first round pick in our main league and he said two straight games with a hundred plus rushing yards in a touchdown in every single week since week one. His only really bad week was week one against the Buccaneers. So he's a must start, and there's no question about it. I mean, Tony Pollard's role seemed to be a little concerning, but and he's definitely worth rostering, especially if you have Zeke, but he's not taking anything away from Zeke and his production um, at this stage, in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, uh, obviously, Zeke Elliott is a borderline top five running back in the league yes i think there's arguments to be made for other players at that position but um i think you can safely say that he's a top five running back i think he'll finish in the top five at running back um and i i, I agree i do like the usage that he's getting he's getting a lot of goal uh red zone work and obviously he's always been involved in the passing game with this offense uh this season so yeah absolutely a must start and the Patriots defense as much as I love them um they they're they're not they're not as good as they have been and yeah. uh we'll get we'll get more into that when we're on their side but uh yeah we can move on to the pass catchers for the Cowboys
1: yeah I would say you start C.D. Lamb he only had four receptions but he led the team in passing yards and targets, or not targets, passing, that was actually Dalton Schultz, and we'll talk about him in a second, but he also had a touchdown, um, so it's been kind of a weird start for CeeDee Lamb, especially for how you feel probably about where you drafted him, but I still think he's a must start, um, in this offense, and I feel similarly to, uh, I almost said Cooper Cup, for similar to Amari Cooper, um, He's had less receptions in weeks two through five than he had in week one alone, but his floor is just too high to bench, but he's starting to seem touchdown dependent with only having three receptions, but he had a touchdown, which salvaged his day, but I feel like he's got to be getting closer to his week one performance than, you know, trending towards more like being, (laughs) like, I don't think three receptions is going to be a normal game for Amari Cooper when you look back at the season.
0: Yeah, to keep things in perspective, Amari Cooper has been playing through injury the past yes. couple weeks, um, and just a little fun fact before we get too removed from it, uh, CD Lamb and Dalton Schultz are actually tied for fantasy points so far this season.
1: <laughs> that is ridiculous! <laughs> um. Yeah, and we can go ahead and talk about Schultz. I'll go back to Prescott. So, Like I've said before of tight ends, a tight end that isn't touchdown dependent is a must-start tight end, in my eyes. And he led the team in targets, which I think is ridiculous. And I don't think that will be normal, but he's proven his value. And um, I don't even think he's, like, I think his roster percentage is getting high, but I don't think it's been super high, but it needs to be. And that's how I feel about Schultz. I mean, especially in leagues where you have to start a tight end, like, you definitely need to add him.
0: Yeah, Dalton Schultz is uh, rostered in 81% of leagues, so he's getting to that uh, elite status at tight end, especially, um, just given his volume and what he's able to do with the targets that Prescott throws his way.
1: Yeah, and he needs to be that high. And then with Dak Prescott, other than his Week 2 performance against the Chargers, he is really not let down as your starting QB. And um, a 300-plus passing yard game in Week 5 is reassuring. So I feel like you probably drafted him as, you know, an upper-tier quarterback, and I think it's safe keeping him in your starting lineup. Um, Yeah, for sure. And with the Patriots, um, I know that you have Damian Harris, so you can talk about him a little bit.
0: (laughs) I do. Um, Now, he was not... I think he was probably my fourth or fifth running back taken in the draft, so um, I knew he had value in this offense as the lead back, but he hasn't really been um, very impressive so far. He had a close call this past week uh, where he could have had his second rushing touchdown, but he fumbled the ball on, like, the one-inch line, And, uh, and then he was kind of just absent for most of the rest of that game. Um, so that'll be something to monitor going in the, into this week. Uh, I, he, you can flex him if you absolutely have to. I think there are better options out there, and we'll, we'll get to one example on the same team in a moment. Yes, but I think that uh, he's still he's still a starting running back on an NFL team. The Patriots are moving the ball fairly well. Uh, Mac Jones, his his run as. Starting QB has been kind of like a bit of a roller coaster of sorts. I mean, yeah, when the Patriots played the Bucks, the Buccaneers, uh, this previous week before Week Five, um, he looked a lot better. I think that they were using him more, like he was used um, at Alabama, just kind of a spread offense, uh, making reads from the shotgun and uh, just. Spreading the ball around and taking more shots downfield. The Patriots' offensive scheme is more about clock management and running the ball. And so, uh, the, again, those are indicative. Those are indicative of good things for Harris, but he hasn't really capitalized on it so far. Um, so let's move on to a better flex option, which is someone that you personally roster, Carson. Who yes,
1: is- Jacoby Myers, and especially in our league where we have four flexes, I feel perfectly comfortable playing him at flex. Um, <laughs> I have here in all caps, can he please find the end zone for once in his career? It's ridiculous that he's not found the end zone. Um, <laughs> he was like re- like a yard away, I think, on one catch, and you could just see him smiling after the play. Like It's almost laughable at this point, but he's proven through his targets. Um, he didn't get a ton in this game. He was actually, uh, Hunter Henry actually out-targeted him, but and I think he's had multiple weeks this season with double-digit targets, and I just feel like that's that's too hard to pass up on. Um, I just feel like he's a really good floor. And if he can just start getting some touchdowns, which I don't even know what the root cause is for him not getting them, um, he's going to be—his value is going to shoot up in everyone's eyes, but he should already be highly valued as like a flex player um, and not someone to just sit on your bench just because of the targets. And then with Jonu and Hunter Henry, I wouldn't feel confident starting either one of them. I think going into the season, Jonu was more highly rated, but Henry seems to be taking over. He led the team in targets in this game. But I just don't feel confident because they're both, they are both have value, and I think in a position like tight end, that really detracts from both of them. So, I mean, that's just how I feel. I mean, Henry, if you only are rostering one tight end... He might be a smart pickup just because we know what he has done in the past, even though he's had injury worries, but we know how he is uh, when he's on the field. So I think he's worth getting and just, just I don't know. I don't really want Janu to go away, but it'd be very nice for Henry if he did.
0: <laughs> well, the reality is that New England paid both of these players uh, a significant amount of money in the offseason to get yes. them. And so from that perspective, it'll be difficult for one of them to... Take the job entirely for themselves. Um, I think you'll continue to see a lot of two tight end sets, um, and it'll just be kind of a coin toss of who whose weak it is. Um, if it's either of their weaks, there's a lot of uh, situations where it's neither of those pass catchers that really, you know, is a significant factor on your team.
1: Yeah, and then. If- Moving on to the Raiders versus the Broncos, which (laughs) I would claim is my favorite team, the Broncos, but I'm more of a fan of fantasy football, and Blake will say I'm a Seahawks fan, but eh, whatever. (laughs) Anyways, with the Raiders, Um, Darren Waller.
0: Since you you referenced it, let's go ahead and get that out there. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. We can all all fondly reminisce when Pete Carroll decided to pass the ball on the one-inch line, with Marshawn Lynch on his team. And Malcolm Butler made the historic play of taking off Russell Wilson and winning the Patriots another Super Bowl. On that play, Carson broke down in tears as the Seahawks were confirmed the losers. And that's why I say that that's his favorite team, because he's never cried for the Broncos.
1: So, I don't exactly remember what year that Super Bowl was, but let's say I'm currently 18, so I was probably like 11 or 12, so no. I was upset because my brother was always following the winning team, the Patriots, the team that everyone hates if you're not a fan, and I don't know why I didn't want to see my brother win, that's kinda of mean of me, but that's why I was so emotional about it, and I will say that I was very happy as a Broncos fan as they won a the Super Bowl. And I did not feel like a bandwagon, so I'll stick with them. But like I said before, I am more of a fantasy fan than a (laughs) fan of a specific team. Um, But yeah, that's a funny little story that Blake always likes to bring up whenever I talk about my favorite team. So back to the show the Raiders. Darren Waller, he's a must start uh, at the tight end position. He had his worst game of the season, but. He was still tied for the most targets out of the Raiders receivers with eight. So even though he wasn't super efficient with them, um, he's still a must-start at the tight end position. And then Josh Jacobs, he proved that he has a solid floor, out carrying Kenyon Drake 15-2. to And he also had four receptions in the second week in a row with five targets as well. So I feel like he has a decent floor. He's probably he's he should be valued higher than he probably was draft night. So he's startable. I still don't feel amazing about him just with like how this offense works, but yeah, he he just gets yeah, a as ton of carries as for what this offense
0: does. As long as he's healthy, he's the lead running back for the for the uh,
1: Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, as if you have Josh Jacobs, you like seeing fifteen to two uh, for rushes and also him getting five targets, and I think that's why he has value. Um Henry Ruggs, he makes me nervous because he's not a target monster like Hunter Renfro is, like we'll talk about in a second. But he's always fairly efficient with the yardage, so I think that he's a fine flex play, um, but I don't feel great about him. And then I could go in and talk about Hunter Renfro real quick, unless you have something to say about Ruggs. Well, yeah, I would just
0: say that so far, I think you know what to expect from Henry Ruggs. He's a boomer bust player. Yeah. He's a guy that will either get a hundred plus yards on a few catches, or he'll get a few catches for very few yards. It's yeah. just it's it's week to week. You don't really know what you're going to expect. So if you're comfortable flexing him, go for it. Personally, I, he's the player that I typically avoid drafting. Yes. Um, because of that that aspect of his game, but. Uh,
1: I feel about that. Yeah, and then the less, the less flashy option, but the much more reliable option, is Hunter Renfro, and he's maintained a floor of at least 10 points this entire season, um, and he's just a touchdown away from having the potential to have very big weeks. Like, he tired of Darren Waller uh, leading targets this week, and I, th- I think... I don't exactly know what his reception floor is, but he's definitely getting he got six this game and that's i feel like that's on the lower end um for him but he's just getting a ton of receptions so i feel like he's a much safer flex play than rig uh than rugs but rugs is much more of a boomer bust and renfro is more of a i'd say safe uh you know low double digits player but like i said he's a touchdown away from having big weeks and then with Kenyon drake two carries zero receptions He's definitely a bench. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have Josh Jacobs, I guess he's worth having, but that's just a really bad week for him. And I think he's he's definitely a better week than this, but that was just a really bad performance. Well,
0: and the other thing, too, is that whenever whenever Jacobs was out, it was actually Peyton Barber who took the majority of the carries in yeah. his place. So I would argue that Kenyon Drake is not worth rostering at this point yeah. considering his past performances. I don't think he really is a replacement option. He's not really viewed as a handcuff. He's he's used differently.
1: I I did forget about Payne Barber's uh, role whenever Jacobs was out, so yeah, honestly, if you want to drop Drake, I honestly don't blame you. Um, Yeah, he's proven, even when he had the chance to get an uptick in usage, he really didn't even get it, so yeah, he's not worth rostering and definitely not worth starting (laughs) and uh with Derek Carr he had a very strong start this season but he hasn't had a game with more than two passing touchdowns so his hot start has really just been down to passing yard totals I don't think he can maintain it but if he and he didn't have a great game here
0: his ceiling's definitely limited by that that lack of passing touchdowns
1: yeah so I I think he's a He's an okay quarterback two for your roster, especially in one QB leagues, but um, yeah, I think his hot start to season was a little fluky, but I still think that he's looking better uh, for fantasy purposes than he has in previous years. Um, And then with the Broncos, uh, Fant. I mean, this is a similar feeling as I had towards Hawkinson. I mean... He's a startable tight end just because of how shallow tight ends are. But he just didn't have a good game. He's had good games previously this season, but uh, I'm trying to pull up the exact stats that he had. And I have it here now. Yeah, he only had three receptions on four targets. And again, that's not a good game from the season, but the amount of targets he gets in this position, he's still startable in my eyes. I just wouldn't be too excited about it. And then... With Cortland Sutton, I have Cortland Sutton, and actually all three of my teams this season. I don't know why. I felt like he was a pretty good value play, and he had a great week this week. Um, he's been pretty boomer bust. I think he's either had twenty plus or single digits. <laughs> so, but I think he's trending in the right direction. And he led the team in targets and receiving yards, and added a touchdown to solidify a great game. And I can talk about the other pass catcher, um, Tim Patrick. He's definitely uh, a must add if he's still on the waivers. And until Jerry Judy's back in the offense performing at 100%, like seven receptions on nine targets for 89 yards is too good to pass up on to not roster Tim Patrick. And that's how I feel about him. Tim Patrick is uh, currently available in about
0: 60% of leagues. So yeah. that number should be a lot higher.
1: Agreed. Uh, and I don't know why. I don't it's not like this this week has even been that abnormal for him it's like ever since week I think week one he got a touchdown that gave him a good game but ever since week two like he's been getting the targets so he's just proven that he's consistent and it'll be interesting to see what happens to him when Judy comes back but he's definitely worth being on your roster and then Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams we can kind of lump them together I mean, it's like a 50-50 timeshare that seems to be trending sort of in Williams' favor, but like not very safely. So like they're both kind of flex level, but I wouldn't be super confident starting either of them just because it's like, it's pretty much a 50-50 split and it's kind of, you're just banking on uh, whichever one you're starting. They're the one that gets like the big, the big rush of the game between the two and then he has a good game and that's really about it
0: yeah I agree with that I think that if you can avoid starting a Broncos running back I I probably would um yeah because of that timeshare it's just not a reliable source of fantasy points
1: uh for either one necessarily week to week yeah and then we can move on to the Sunday night game Seahawks versus the Steelers so so I'll move on from my actual favorite team to what Blake claims is my favorite team the Seahawks um, Metcalf I had last season and I really liked him <laughs> and <sighs> he's, he's a must start. I will say that he's not usually the type of player I like to go off, uh, go after because he is like a big game, big play type of player and not, uh, doesn't usually get a ton of targets, but he's been, he's improved that aspect of his game even more this season while still getting, um, the touchdown looks. So he's definitely a must start. He only had five targets, but he caught all five of them, and two of them were touchdowns, so he's proven himself. And then Lockett, on the other hand, he only caught five of his ten targets, um, but he's the most targeted receiver by five targets, so I think that's important, and he's still a must-start. I feel like he's also pretty... He's similar to Metcalf, but he's more boom or bust. I would say Metcalf has the big, huge games, but he has a better floor than Lockett, but Lockett is still a must-start. It'll be interesting to see... How this offense is with Geno Smith, um, but he kind of picked up and did just as like did just as well as Wilson did uh, before he got injured, which wasn't great. But he proved that you know he fit into the offense. He's not going to be anywhere near as good as Wilson, but he seemed to transition in the offense uh, somewhat decently. So I think the value of Mike Kaplan Lockett should be fine. So
0: Geno Smith came into that game obviously as the backup. Um, Going into this week, he will be practicing with the starters. He will be getting starter reps in practice. So he will be able to, I believe, be on a more consistent uh, wavelength with his receivers. Um, If you watched that game, you saw that he had a bad interception to seal their fate in that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, and And he was looking for Lockett, who got bumped on his route and just wasn't in the position that he should have been. I think part of that play, uh, the result of that play, came from lack of familiarity with those two players interacting.
1: Agreed. I agree. Um, Yeah, and that's a good perspective. Now that he's going to be practicing with the starters, um, he should transition perfectly fine. Um, And then Chris Carson, I guess monitor his injury. Even the day after the Thursday night game last week, Pete Carroll... Couldn't guarantee that he'd be uh, that he'd be playing in week six, and that makes me sigh because I have him on my fantasy team. Um, and if he plays, he might not be hundred percent, and he's already been somewhat touchdown dependent. But his rushing attempts that he's had in each game is just like too good to pass up on. There's not many running backs that get the consistent workload that he gets, so I just feel like he's at least a flex. And then Alex Collins uh had a good week in week 4 and then didn't really capitalize on the opportunity in week 5 with Chris Carson gone so I don't think he's just like a one to one uh handcuff so I I don't know if he's no, really even worth wastering
0: not. and and it is it is worth mentioning that the Rams defense is uh pretty good yes um so Alex Collins I think is someone that you can drop after this week if Carson's back yeah I don't think he's worth rostering as a handcuff, um, just given what he's what he's shown in his games at starting
1: uh, back. I agree. Uh, and then moving on to the Steelers, <laughs> Najee Harris, <laughs> Najee, Najee. What do you what do you what do you think it is, Blake? What do you hear mostly?
0: I believe it's Najee.
1: I agree, but <laughs> so our dad is in our fantasy. Uh, league and he changed his team name to Feeling Nauseated. But when Blake first read it, he said Feeling Nauseated, which also kind of works because it sounds like cheated. So uh, very versatile player, and just like he was versatile for the name, he's also very versatile with his carries and his receptions. That was a nice little transition. Um, 23 carries and for over 100 yards and a touchdown uh, against the Broncos last week. And also, he only had two receptions, <laughs> and it's so crazy. I think two weeks ago, isn't that the week he had 19 targets, which is ridiculous. Yes, I feel like he's, that game. He's... Go ahead. He, he's finding his place in this offense, and yes, uh,
0: in an, in a year where Big Ben probably has never looked worse. <laughs> yes. Um, There are still players putting up fantasy-relevant numbers on this team. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is likely out for the season. I believe that's official news um, with his recent injury. And so that just means more targets for the pass catchers and Najee Harris out of the backfield.
1: Yeah, and just to build off to that, because that's similar analysis as I have for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Um, First of Deontay Johnson an extremely weird game for one of my favorite players in fantasy just because he is a target monster as i like to say when he started the first quarter with a 50 yard or so receiving touchdown i thought he was gonna have an incredible day but he only got one more catch and only one more target and i thought that's very weird i feel it's gonna be an outlier but he usually is good for double-digit targets, so I just think he's definitely a must-start, especially if Juju um, being out too, he he'll get even more looks than he already has. And I feel similarly to Claypool, even though he started out a little bit slower this season um, and had an absence from one game, he proved his value with the most targets and receiving yards uh, against the Broncos in week five. And I think, just like Deontay, he will capitalize on getting even more targets with Juju being gone.
0: All right, let's move on to our final matchup.
1: Monday Night Football, Bills versus Titans. So, uh, yes, we'll start with Diggs. As someone who used their second round pick, I believe, on Diggs, it's been tough to watch him. This is his first game that I would call bad, especially by his standards. He hasn't done horribly uh, the start of the season, nothing like he was last season. But he's been good for double digits and consistent workload. But he only had two catches um, in this game. And, I mean, I don't know if it had anything to do with the, the weather delay and just that throwing them off. But Allen only had 26 passing attempts, which is very low for him. Only 15 passing uh, pass completions, which is also very low for him. Um, but Diggs was still tied with... Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, which I'll talk about in a second, with the most targets, but Sanders had the two touchdowns, so Diggs is still a must-start, and I'll move on to Emmanuel Sanders real quick. Um, better two weeks, weeks are even...
0: ahead for Stephon Diggs.
1: Huh? Yes, agreed. So
0: better, better weeks are
1: ahead. 100%. 100%. Do not panic on him. He's like, he sh- I feel like he can still finish as a top five uh, wide receiver. There's plenty of time left, and he's proven that he can be that good, but he's definitely a wide receiver one. Um... Emmanuel Sanders, second game with two receiving touchdowns, and he's had at least five targets in every single game of the season. Uh, I think he's flex worthy. I don't really, uh, I don't want him to become touchdown dependent, but he's getting them, and he's getting multiple of them. Um, and he's definitely should be on rosters, and I think he has flex value. And then Cole Beasley, uh, I get, I think you gotta bench him. I think that Sanders is cutting into his target totals a bit. Um, even though Beasley had two games with 13 targets each this season, I don't feel confident starting him after having a combined eight targets in his other three games. Like, I just feel like he's not being consistent. Usually he's an underrated player that is gets a consistent amount of targets, and now he's not getting that anymore. So I think you bench him until um, he proves to get that workload again. Do you feel similarly? Yeah, I agree
0: with that. I think that... Um, I think if if it's a third pass catcher between Diggs, sanders i think the next one up is uh dawson knox who's yeah. really emerged as a solid very very solid uh tight end option he's got five receiving touchdowns since week two yes uh, i think he's a must start at tight end and honestly a worthwhile flex in, uh, yeah. in a multi-flex league
1: i completely agree um Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about Dawson Knox as well. Um, I guess we can move on to the running game. (laughs) So I think Zach Moss is flex-worthy. Josh Allen is more of a threat to Moss than Singletary is as far as rushing. Um, And Moss also had three receptions on four targets, four straight double-digit points weeks. I think he's a flex-worthy player. Whereas Singletary, he doesn't have the receiving floor that Moss has. And the rushing distribution is trending in the wrong way for him, so I think he's got to be a bench. Yeah, we saw we
0: saw in the game that Josh Allen had several designed QV runs that, because of his size and his strength, mm-hmm. he's just able to make plays with his legs. Um, it kind of it kind of takes away from Singletary's value um, in a significant way, and I agree. Zach Moss has just had a better start to the season. He's getting more passing game usage. And I think that that is the player that you want to start if you uh, find yourself needing to start a uh, Buffalo running back.
1: Agreed. Um, And we'll move on to the last team that we will analyze, and that is the Tennessee Titans. Um, Derrick Henry. Uh, Blake has him in our main league. And I think you could argue he's been the best player in fantasy football this season. Do you agree?
0: Without a doubt. He's RV1 and... I think when the season comes to an end, it won't be particularly close who finishes in second. Yeah. He's getting more usage in the passing game. He is still getting an insane amount of volume with his carries. He is on a team that is struggling to move the ball through the air. So it's really just all pointing towards Derrick Henry being the fantasy football MVP um, in 2021.
1: Yeah, and... I haven't done the math after his week five performance, but through weeks one through four, I think he was on a pace to have 540 touches, so carries and receptions this season, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, And like you hinted at with the passing game being inconsistent, I feel bad for people that drafted A.J. Brown with such a high pick. I mean, he's been dealing with injuries, but like, He's a player that, like, between him, like, I had him in, like, the range of, like, Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf, and then he was there, AJ Brown, and if you picked him out of those three, I'm so sorry, (laughs) because he's just not done well, and again, like I said, he's coming back from injury, but I think until he proves himself, he's, I think you can be fine benching him, I mean, you might not have the depth with how you... have to. You have to. You have to have someone off waivers. Yes. Or
0: someone... You have to have someone that just because his name is A.J. Brown... Yes. ...does not mean that you have to put him out week after week. He has to prove it at this point because he has been underperforming at such a significant way. Um, I'm getting another phone call. Um, (laughs) But, yes, A.J. Brown and... Julio Jones, who off name value alone is someone that you would be reticent to not start to bench. You'd be reticent to bench. But the reality is, is that they are struggling to move the ball through the air. And neither of those players is worth starting until they prove that they can get it
1: done consistently. I completely agree. And then we'll wrap up with Tannehill, who's been disappointing, but it's mainly been due to not having consistent wide receivers and again the bills passing defense is not a good matchup so i don't you definitely have to bench him um which is tough because i feel like he's emerged in the in the past season or past season and a half as a very reliable option even though he's not a big name player um but i think there are better days ahead just not week six against the bills
0: yeah, I would agree with that. It's difficult to. Um, fortunately, this buy this week of buys does not really have uh, any quarterbacks that you would be considering filling in for Tanhill, but it may make it more difficult um, to have a second option that you could fill in for Tanhill.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I guess that wraps it up.
0: Yes, that concludes our Week Six preview. Thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully you stayed to this point. Um, This is our first episode, as you can tell, based on how there are only one uploaded at the time of this. (laughs) Yes. But we're going to continue to do this for the rest of the season and continue improving, and so your support is appreciated. Um,
1: Let's... anything you want to say, Carson? Um, not really. I mean, we're working on starting a Patreon, but, um, we'll get that running somewhat soon. Probably not <laughs> valuable for, like, week one, but expect that and get more content out of that. Um, I'll put links in the description to that as well as our Twitter, um, where we might be retweeting certain things or just interacting with you all. Once we get more of a following, we might do a and a uh, session and parts of the videos so just look forward to all that and expect more from us very soon and that's really all i have to say thank you all for listening and yeah that's all i got (laughs) all right we'll see you guys soon bye bye